Buddy, say something when you're done with your selfie. Room podcast coming in fast on your bitch ass. My name is Darian. I have not taken my allergy medication today. You will just have to bear with my nasally drone for this entire week of horror, bullshit, and shenanigans. Buddy is in the house. Hey, what's going on, big guy? Oh, you know I'm here. He is here. Yeah. He made it in. We did. We made it this far. We have no Monica this week because her mom was in some kind of an accident. Oh man, she showed us pictures. It is nasty. I think nasty. her mom is going to be okay, but her mom's hand is like now sideways. Yeah, it looked like one of those fake rubber hands that you could just like shake. Pretty and much. Just... Yeah, from what I understand, her mom fell down and like put her hand out to try to stop herself at the last second. And I don't know what happened. If that was before or after the truck hit her or what, but that hand is jacked off. Yeah. It is bad, dude. It's going the wrong way. Yeah, it is. Bad business all the way around. Buddy, what's up with you? I'm ready for uh, getting the AC tomorrow. You're getting finally getting some air conditioning. Yeah. I clocked 106 when I got out of my Jeep today after Ooh, work. Dang. God fucking damn it, man. man. This is not the time to not have AC. Right? This is the time that you want to have AC. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is a non-no AC zone right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's bad, dude. How are you guys living up there? Uh, just no clothes at ever, all at any point. Yeah, just uh, ice packs and um, uh, pillowcases, and then you just sleep with those on top of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. that how does that work out? Um, it's well, it's hard getting nothing. to sleep. Uh, like I go, I'll go to sleep about eleven o'clock at night, yeah. and that's usually when it drops down to about eighty-five. Oh, yeah, you're so killing me. I'm ready to sleep in. So once that uh, AC is all installed, I'm cracking that sucker up, and I'm going to bed at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I need to catch up on some sleep. Yeah, that's that's how old we are. We, <laughs> yeah, we look fantasize. forward to going home we or fantas- sleep early. Yeah, we fantasize about going to bed early. <laughs> yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Driving home from work, I'm like, oh. If the kids both took a nap, they won't be that tired, and then maybe I can get to bed at like 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a sick old man. <laughs> well, we got horror news. We got the usual shenanigans this week for you, inmates. Let's jump right in with some horror news, shall we, buddy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Horror news. What do you got, big guy? 
All right, Hallow Scream is at SeaWorld Orlando this Halloween, and it will feature houses, scary zones, and a spooky bar. Are you ready for the details? I'm ready. Announced last month, Orlando's newest nighttime Halloween event is about to surface with Hallow Scream coming to SeaWorld Orlando for 27 nights of immersive horrors. A new terror has surfaced, and there's nowhere to hide. Hallow Scream has washed ashore at SeaWorld Orlando, and this time, the fear is everywhere. In fact, evade angry haunts as they rampage through scare zones. Seek shelter indoors only to find you've entered a house of horrors. Deepen the thrill with a nighttime coaster ride. Quench your thirst for fear at a fiendishly attractive bar. Feel the monstrous electricity of a live show. Above all, try to resist the haunting song of the one who has emerged from the lake. And there's details about each attraction. There's three of them. Haunted House Dead Vines. This one, something is stirring among the trees. A deep shiver runs down your spine as you creep forward, one timid step at a time. Is this jungle alive or undead? There's an an ominous force at work here, a merciless mistress of Evie and evil. Ivy and evil. (laughs) (laughs) She's poisoned these woods with an all-consuming appetite for visitors like you. Keep moving and find a way out before it's too late. You don't want to end up dead on the vine. The next one's the Scare Zones and Roaming Haunts, Witchcraft Bayou. So this is a cult growing and the lure is powerful. It's hazardous to pass through this backward bayou, but there's no way around. Voodoo and witchcraft aren't real, right? Tell that to the zealous worshippers trying to shackle you with their spells they won't rest until your soul belongs to her too stay alert or dark magic will drag you down and the last one the theme bar experience poison grotto that's uh, that's it. What's your poison? Unwind with a re- refreshing concoction and explore the enticing atmosphere of this unearthly lounge. It's a fleeting escape from the deadly vines and savage servants nearby. Just be sure to keep your eyes open and pay proper respect to the one who invited you in. You're her guest here, and she's always watching. The team also notes today, Hallow Scream is a separate ticketed event. Guests who hurry and act now can save up to 70% off on tickets to Hallow Scream Orlando. Right now, tickets start at only a low cost of $29.99 during the Sinister Sale, but prices will go up after July 25th. The mm. park's daytime Halloween spooktacular is included with park admission. SeaWorld's Halloween Scream runs September 10th to October 31st. Sweet. Yes. Uh, that would be cool if we lived anywhere near Orlando. I know. It's actually a really good price. It is. Bucks. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know, man. It sounds weird. Like, because SeaWorld, you don't think of Halloween. No. SeaWorld, you think of, like, uh, whales doing tricks and dolphins <laughs> that catch fish out of your, right? your hand or something. <laughs> what are you going to do? Dress them up like vampires or something? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sure it's going to kick ass, and I'm sure yeah. I will have wished I went. Mm-hmm. But, again, we live nowhere near Orlando. I know, so right? fuck that anyway. <laughs> Right on. What if else it, you got, dude? If anybody goes, you know, hey, let us know how yeah. it is. Live stream it. All right. Well, that's actually all I got. What do you got? Have you or do you possibly remember Brian Lumley's Necroscope novels? No. I remember seeing them at the bookstore. They always had like skulls with fangs on them. And I think there's like 16 volumes to oh, this wow. thing. Uh, they have finally been uh, optioned for a film franchise. It's from like the early 80s. Really? Yeah. 
Anyway, they're hugely popular uh, vampire novels from the 80s. Hmm. Like I said, there's like 16. They've finally been franchised for, or uh, optioned for a film franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, trailers are up for the Asylum's Jungle Run movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Did you see the trailer? I didn't see the trailer, but uh, I, I'm actually interested in it. Uh, you, you say the Asylum, and I check out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The, a little the, too slow for you? No, the people that brought us Sharknado... Uh, well, you uh, know. Lavalanchula, uh, <laughs> Crocosaurus, yeah, you a, get a point. fucking stupid, <laughs> a whole other, uh, just a bunch of crap, really, is what it boils down to. Uh, so, yeah, look look for that. Looks like the Evil Dead video game is slated for an early 2022 release, or so says um, Bruce Campbell, anyway, on Twitter. Yeah. I'm into it. It looks like some kind of a Dead by Daylight situation, mm-hmm. where... You got like four or five people in the cabin, and you got to try to fight off the the deadites. Yeah, so I'm into that. I mm-hmm. like those online horror games; those are good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got here? Pet Cemetery prequel for, oh. for Paramount Plus. Very cool. Yeah, I'm curious. It's already uh, it's already started casting. They just cast Natalie Allen Lind. Mm. No fucking idea who that is. Okay, I saw a picture of her though. She's very attractive. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing with this. So what kind of prequel are we going with here? I'm hoping it's a Judd Crandall story. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that would be cool. Because we, we can't really do much with the creeds, because that's where the story picks up, is right. with them moving to. So I'm thinking probably Judd Crandall territory. Yeah. Get ready for lots of main accents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, that, is that all they do? That's what they do. <laughs> don't go down that way. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Master of Horror, the official Mick Garris biography, releases this summer. Mm-hmm. Mick Garris, longtime friend of the show. He's been on the padded room. Mm-hmm. Uh, director of The Stand. Uh, that goddamn Shining remake from 1992 yeah. that was fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, what else? Other Stephen King movies, made for TV mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I know Mick, which I kind of do... This biography is going to be, uh, it's going to have a double scoop of uh, politics in it. I hope not. Because he, he's pretty big into that stuff. Yeah. And even like in, in his podcast, every motherfucking episode is just riddled with political posturing. Mm-hmm. And that's not what, uh, that's that, I get it. You know, if you agree with him, that's great. But if you don't, then it's like, I didn't fucking tune in for this. Yeah, that's not what I want to listen about. That's not, I'm not into that shit, man. Mm-mm. Even if I did agree with him, I'd be like, all right, already. How about some horror? Right. Talk, you want to talk about horror? Or you want to talk about uh, the fucking immigration thing or whatever? <laughs> right. Which is pretty scary, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I got on the horror news, dude. You all ready right. for some listener mail? You betcha. I feel like I'm getting more nasally as the night goes on. Right. I would just pause the show and go take a uh, allergy pill, but I know it'll put me to sleep. <laughs> Not that anybody would notice. <laughs> Listener mail. All right, we got emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff here. Let's kick it over to Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man from Horror for Dummies. It's Tim. Hey, Tim. Uh, Subject line, Cocaine Bear Rules. 
Hello, you beautiful people. Hope everyone is alive and well this week. Let's talk Terradome. Now, on the surface, this one is easy and Jigsaw wins, but in your story, Jigsaw has not yet put the Invisible Man into a trap yet. He mm. knows he's there, but since he's not in the trap, I'm taking the Invisible Man. Well, all right. You're wrong, Tim, but if that's what you want, it's fine. You guys mentioned this new movie called Cocaine Bear. I'm not sure if you knew, but it's based on a true story. Oh, boy. Oh, even better. That is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Apparently, in 1985, a bear found and ate about $15 million of cocaine. Oh, my. I have no idea how they're going to make this film as the bear died five minutes later. But in that short time, he was the most dangerous animal on the planet. Anyway, guys, much love. Enjoy the week, and I'll catch you on the flip. Most dangerously, most dangerous animal on the planet for five minutes. That is a fucking rough five minutes right there, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can run pretty fast. I don't. I don't think I can outrun a bear on cocaine. On cocaine, no fucking way. I don't think I can outdrive a bear on cocaine. <laughs> I wonder if that means that that I could actually run downhill. I don't know. Can, can bears not run downhill? No. Really? Yeah. If you I didn't know if that. you want to outrun a bear, run downhill. No shit. Yep. <laughs> what happens if they try to run downhill? Uh, they just they're just not made to. They can't go that fast. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's good bear knowledge right yeah. there. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. You're talking about actual bears, yeah. not the big gay guys, right? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know which way. You're, you're a man of many talents there, buddy. I don't know which, which way you're going. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Hey, cowboy. Subject line, Terra Dome. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Quick note tonight, as work has been insanely busy... Six-day weeks are so much fun. Mm, Terradome vote goes to Jigsaw. He's the planner and would have no problem dealing with a person he couldn't see. I agree with you, cowboy. Mm -hmm. Educate, you got me, but I feel I should know this movie and will probably cuss when I hear the answer. Something fun, my oldest wants to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm looking forward to sharing the movie that hooked me on horror so many years ago. Back to driving my ass off. I hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. Thanks, cowboy. Uh... As far I I feel like that one doesn't uh, hold up very well there, cowboy. I don't know how old your oldest is, but I think if you're worried about him having actual nightmares or being in some way traumatized by the original Nightmare on Elm Street, today's kids kind of find it cute mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah, you know, there's not enough uh, baseball bat rape in it to really get them going. <laughs> Not that there's not any baseball bat rape in it, but I don't know, man. <laughs> we got some voicemails here, dude. All right. Let's start things off in the dirty, funky south with the uh, Panda Express of people that call into the podcast. Here comes Mr. Allen of the Cha-Cha. Hey, Allen. Magic Room, what's up? What's Hope up, everybody's Alan? doing good. Um, Gimme and Teradome... Give me Jigsaw and it. Mr. Darian. Would you be uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows? Oh, he got me. That's all I got. Y'all have a good one. You nailed right. it, Alan. Way to go, Alan. Alan, coming mm. in with the uh, Blair Witch 2. Yeah. You got it, man. Your votes are locked in. I feel like that is a criminally underrated movie. Yeah. It's, it's a bit meta, and people get annoyed by that shit. Mm -hmm. I understand it. Anytime you go into a sequel acknowledging the first movie as just a movie, 
that's going to piss people off. Right. Because you're stepping out of the mythos. Mm-hmm. But that notwithstanding, I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah. Uh, let's get down to Southern California with Monica's pod boyfriend, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, Tom Hardy. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. How's my favorite degenerate? Good. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone is made it in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if not, uh, we get it. You know, I know we've <laughs> got a lot of shit going on. Um, so uh, let me just get right into it. Uh, as far as the what are you uh, looking at department. Yeah, what do you got? I got to catch a couple more episodes of that show Daybreak I was yeah. talking about last week. Nice. Uh, pretty good, you know. Uh, definitely more comedy drama than horror. Ugh. But, uh I don't know. I'm, I'm liking it. I'm gonna. I think I'll finish it through. I think it's only ten episodes. Uh, not bad. Like I said, it's pretty good. But uh, do with that what you will. All right. Um, ah, Darian on the educated department. I think I got you, brother. What do you got? I got you here. Yeah. Super hot, wicked. Uh, yeah. Doubly hot goth chick. Yes. You are one hundred percent right. Uh, I believe we're talking about uh, Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows. You got me. <laughs> um. Which I tell you what, I actually that's a pretty good flick. It's I know not a bad show. A lot of shit. Um, it's actually not that bad. And anybody that's uh, seen it and kind of been like, "What the fuck? I don't know about this shit." Yeah. If you're interested, there is um, this video, uh, this channel, uh, Good Bad Flicks. Okay. Where he does a, kind of a whole breakdown on it. Uh, he's got some other good videos on there too. Horror flicks, a lot of '80s post-apocalyptic shit. All right. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, good bad flicks, uh, Blair with Book of Shadows 2, kind of goes through the whole, uh, explanation, and if you remember, if you got the, the VHS, uh, cause I got the VHS back in the day. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, the, the secret it of had, the uh, reverse, or, <laughs> yeah, the word reverse, backwards, eraser, some bullshit. S, S river, I think. And you can see it in the, uh, the smoke and certain things, you can see it in the windows. Yeah. It's, uh, like an Easter egg supposed to be in there. I don't know. Not bad. Uh, I like I said. I kind of liked it, and uh, after I saw that video, I kind of liked it a little bit more. Sure. Cool. Uh, so I think I got you on the educating department. You got me there, bud. As far as the terror dome goes, this is when I really like start to really like the terror dome. Like last week, you know, uh, pyramid head, pumpkin head, uh-huh. like razor thin victors there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because you always have those those matchup where it's like, hey, you know, you know them, you love them, uh, Norman Bates. Versus, uh, you know, the ultimate uh, fucking Warrior. hunter, the predator. <laughs> like, ah, shit. You know, you know how that one's going to go. Yeah. I'm going to try and make like, excuses for why you should vote for Norman Bay. Uh, no, you can't. Well, does he have his knife? Yeah, yeah. He's, He's just going to dress his, up uh, like his mother's uh, yeah. bathrobe, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this, this is stuff I kind of like when it starts to get oh, a little more uh, closer, I guess. A little... Sure. GP'd. <laughs> See, that's why we can't have like a Norman Bates in the Terradome. Yeah, there's no, there's no fucking way he's gonna win. Mm-mm. I mean, he might make it past first round, maybe like a Ghost Face or a. Yeah, I think I think he could beat a Ghost Face. Maybe that even that's a stretch, you mm-hmm. know, unless he catches Ghost Face in the shower. Which would be really stupid. <laughs> I don't see. It depends on how you write it up. I mean, <laughs> Ghostface taking a shower. You're putting my talents to the test. I'll tell you that right there. Uh, he called back. G motherfucking peed. G motherfucking peed. 
Hell yeah. All right, like I said, I just don't like it when it's like more competitive. Like yeah, totally. This. So anyway, on to the Terror Dome. Um, you know, I'm going to actually go with the Invisible Man. Okay. And uh, reason being is I could see the Invisible Man actually using somebody, giving somebody the power of invisibility to kind of walk into Jigsaw's trap. Uh, and then he kind of comes out from the shadows, and once Jigsaw reveals himself, you know, believes he's caught him. And, I don't know, I'm just going to go with the Invisible Man. Fuck all right, me. sure. Anyway, hope all is well. Oh, Darian, yeah. for fuck's sake, man. What, now what? All right, look, i got to admit, I, I've seen Rabbit, all right? I've seen that movie a while ago. I, it's been a long time. Rabbit. But uh, never, never do I remember thinking to myself, you know what? That's an armpit butthole. Yeah, that's what that shit is. What else would you and call it? Armpit butthole, Darian? <laughs> what, what, what else? Yeah, man, this show gets better and better every episode. <laughs> man, I'm so impressed. <laughs> Anyhow, love you, like family. Bye. Love you too, Tom Hardy. I don't know what. how else do you refer to that orifice other than an asshole in her armpit. Starfish armpit? Starfish armpit. Uh... <laughs> Upper uh, torso sphincter, perhaps. I don't fucking know. That's also a pretty good name for a garage band. <laughs> and now, upper torso sphincter. <laughs> so we got in the listener mail there, buddy. You got right. anything for Tim, Cowboy, Alan, or Tom Hardy? Thanks, you guys, for calling in right in. Absolutely. Uh, Terra Dome votes are locked. We got ourselves a fucking movie to get to. This was Monica's pick, by the way. I'm going to tell you right now. And funny, she chooses not to show up tonight. Right. How convenient. How convenient. She probably pushed her mom down so she wouldn't have to come in. Here we go. Audrey Rose. The mother. The father. The child. The stranger. He's going to harm us. It's Ivy. He's after. The past. The present. The nightmare. The terror. I saw her burn her hands on a cold window. The movie. Audrey Rose, the novel of reincarnation, is now a spellbinding motion picture. The pain, the anger, the trial, the test. Your eyelids are getting so heavy. The question. Audrey. The answer. Never the child! The torment. The truth. We're both a part of this child. It will alter your ideas about life after death forever. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's Audrey Rose from 1977. This one got 5.8 stars. Directed by Robert Weiss, written by Frank Della Felita. Uh, stars Marsha Mason, Anthony Hopkins, and Joe, Joe, John Beck. It's uh, rated PG. And uh, before we even get into this, buddy, I would pose the question to you. Is this a horror film? Uh, it's more of a drama. Like supernatural Drama, perhaps, mm-hmm. maybe, with certain. I mean, really, there's not. There's not really a scary part. No, that may be a little bit creepy, 
with Anthony Hopkins, but what? Once you get once, you, uh, all right. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't know what. I don't know. It's uh, it, the worst part is that it's two fucking hours long, man. Oh, I know. That's a long two hours. Mm-hmm. God damn it, man. All right, Audrey Rose from 1977. Uh, this one, it it also suffers from 1970s pacing. Which yeah. B- previous to like a Halloween or a uh, uh, any of the the Living Dead movies was very slow, subtle, and drawn out. Mm-hmm. And especially in the drama department, which this movie is probably 90% drama. So we got a lot of boring dialogue coming oh, at us, man. which is ironic because that's one of the main things that Monica complains about in movies. Mm-hmm. There's too much talking. Kill somebody already. How the fuck do you like this movie then, Monica? <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, she's got some questions to answer when she gets back. Right. That's for sure. All right. So uh, we start off with a car accident. I don't know where we are. I think we're in the Pacific Northwest somewhere, but it's the 70s, and uh, we're driving on a freeway, and then another car careens into oncoming traffic, and smack, bang, kaboom, the avocado station wagon catches on fire, and holy shit. Uh, now we're going to fast forward about five years later. New York City is where they were. Really? That's where they filmed this, yeah. Oh. Manhattan, New York City. Well, it was very rainy. This is a very rainy movie. That's why I figured Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Okay. Complete opposite. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Other side of the country. Well, it was a very rainy season in uh, New York City, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. There's a car accident. Uh, Now we're going to fast forward about five years. Uh, We start off with a montage of mom, dad, and their... Eight or nine year old little girl. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put her at, uh, and it's just a uh, a bike ride through Central Park and uh, fun family activities. We stop for ice cream and we take some pictures and mm-hmm. uh, we're riding our bikes and then everything is absolutely cool and uh, periodic hugs for mom and dad and swinging on swing sets and Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> on and on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we get like a whole musical interlude for yeah. this one. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, eventually, once the music dies down, we're going to meet the family. It's uh, mom and dad and their daughter Ivy, and uh, the the Templetons is their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad, I think, works for an advertising agency. Mom is a stay at home mom. Uh, Ivy goes to a prestigious school somewhere in the city. And uh, they live in a pretty pretty kick ass apartment there mm-hmm. in New York. It's like a up uh, like a loft kind of a situation. Yeah. And uh, anyway, every day at uh, around three o'clock, uh, mom goes and picks Ivy up from school. And over the last couple of weeks, she's noticed a mysterious stranger oh. lurking about there outside of the school. Mm-hmm. And it's Anthony Hopkins. He's got a beard on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know. I mean, like I used to pick my kids up from school. Well, I still well I still do, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't know if there was like a guy there every day that didn't have a kid you know what i mean right yeah. there's always just a gang of parents hanging around the the exit right you just fit in i grab deke i get in the car i go home that's mm-hmm. i'm not like scoping people out or yeah. anything do you have a kid no. except yeah. for do the, you have a kid oh, the yeah. occasional hot soccer mom then i'm like oh, yeah. she was here last week yeah which one's her kid hey <laughs> you uh you available after <laughs> Uh, they're probably looking at me going, I don't think that guy has a kid. He's just hanging <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So uh, that's all well and good. Mom's a little creeped out, and Anthony Hopkins like follows her for like a block after after she picks up the kid, and she notices that he doesn't have a kid of his own. Yeah. So uh, if this were to take place in 2021, he would be gang tackled and probably beaten in the street. Oh yeah. And uh, no questions asked or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of curious. Uh, from there, like she goes and she talks to her husband about it. Her husband, played by John Beck, has a premier mustache. Oh buddy. yeah. His mustache mustache game was on point. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Magnum PI mustache. No. But it is, it is close. It's it's I would call it uh very Berg, Ron Burgundy esque oh. mustache, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, uh-huh. that's a very that's a tight mustache. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, uh, I've seen that guy around. He's kind of creepy. I don't know what his problem is. Uh, he follows us around and stuff sometimes. And eventually, like the husband, like calms her down. Well, he probably maybe just lives in the building or he's in the neighborhood or something. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. So it's a little creepy, a little, little pervy, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. Uh, a couple of weeks go by. Uh, we start to see more and more of this mysterious stranger. He's like popping up at the store, mm-hmm. popping up in the neighborhood. Uh, unfortunately, one day, I think this part is kind of kind of shady for me because I don't know what the hell happened. But there's some kind of a car accident or a bus hits a cab or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's never really explained or alluded to, but all of a sudden, uh, Ivy's mom is sitting on the curb, and she's like, oh, God, my head. And there's yeah. a cop, and he's like, ma'am, you got to just take it easy. Take it easy. We're going to get you some help. And she's like, oh, my God, what time is it? It's 3.30. Oh, shit, i got to get to school to pick up my kid. Uh-huh. And the cop is like, all right, hey, calm down. But she goes hauling ass anyway. Now it's pouring rain. She's way late to pick up Ivy. She gets there. Ivy's nowhere to be seen. Runs through the school, trying to grab Ivy, doesn't know where she is, looks around the back, thinks she sees a girl that looks like Ivy, so she starts chasing her. Uh, Yeah, goes through like a back alley, and eventually, uh, Anthony Hopkins pops out of like a garbage can and grabs her. He's like, hey, uh, I walked Ivy home, she's fine, she's waiting in the lobby of your building. And she's like, what the what? Who are you? Leave me alone. He's like, I have to talk to you. And she's like, no. Get out! Get away! Don't come near me or my daughter again. And he's like, oh, "Just calm down. I got to talk to you." Now this part is even dumber because he's like, "Tell your husband I'm going to call him tonight." And she's like, "What?" And then she takes off running. Yeah. Okay. So how do you get the phone number? Well, that and if you got something to say, why don't you just say it right there while yeah. you have her? Right. All right. Well. All right. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, she runs home, tells her husband. Her husband's like, "Oh, we got to call the cops." We got to get to the police involved, but he didn't really do anything. What do we tell the cops? I don't know. He's just a weirdo. Yeah, well, this weirdo walked my daughter home. Yeah. Safely. Safely. <laughs> put her inside out of the rain. <laughs> yeah. I want her brought up on charges. Of <laughs> For walking her home. Walking my, my daughter home and making sure she didn't catch pneumonia and die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're all freaked out. Uh, eventually, the phone rings, and it's Anthony Hopkins again. He's like, hey, uh, it's me, the creepy guy from your uh, walking your daughter home there. Uh, listen, uh, come meet me for dinner. <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> no, he's like, no, you got to come meet me for dinner. And they're like, all right, we'll meet you for dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> at this point, <laughs> okay. he, yeah, he could have, he could have said his piece to the wife. Instead, he said, I'm going to call you later. Calls her later. Could have said his piece to the husband. Instead, he's got to meet him for dinner. Yeah. So. All right, well, they're like, uh, we don't have anybody watch a kid. And he's like, well, just call your neighbor. She usually watches her anyway. All right, this guy's officially creeping me out. Yeah. He's got way too much information. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all well and good. Uh, they actually meet him for dinner that night at the restaurant. 
Because that's what they did in the seventies. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We like a we like a nice dinner, and if he invited us, he has to pay. He has to pay. So yeah. make sure you order extra appetizers, and you know the, uh, the most, most expensive, expensive plate. Because <laughs> yeah. if I don't have to pay for it, then you better go all out with it. Uh, he we can finally get to meet this dude. He introduces himself. His name is Elliot Hoover, mm-hmm. and uh, he's doesn't seem like a weirdo. Like he's not like all cranked out or anything he shaved his beard which makes him look a little less intimidating yeah uh but uh i don't know he's like okay look i know i'm a bit creepy i've been following you around but if you'll just let me explain i will tell you what's going on so we get the whole backstory on elliot hoover Mm -hmm. so and this goes on this is like a 25 minute conversation and i can couldn't help but feel bad for the templetons Oh, yeah. As much as we hated it. God, yeah. <laughs> they they have, have to, to actually, actually sit, sit there, there and listen to <laughs> yeah. this and pretend to be interested when you know all they're thinking is, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, how do we get out of how this? How do I get out of this? <laughs> yeah. uh, check, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'll put it, make it a to-go. No, put it in a, look at the time. Put it in a to-go bag and then we're going to be up out of here. Uh, he goes on to explain that he lost his wife and daughter in a car accident a couple years, well, like five, six years ago. And he was devastated, and his uh, daughter's name was Ivy Rose, mm-hmm. and uh, very scary stuff. Uh, he then went on to ponder the secrets of life. He went and saw a psychic at a party, and she's like, hey, uh, your wife is dead, but she's at peace, but your daughter is still alive. She's still on this planet. Hmm. So that's put him into a tailspin. So he went to India, <laughs> of all places, and he immersed himself in their culture where they are firm believers in reincarnation Mm -hmm. and I guess uh, read the Bhagavad Gita and uh, got all into Hare Krishna and stuff and then came back and he then spoke with another psychic like a big famous psychic and he's like yeah your daughter's fine she's here she's living in New York somewhere Uh, and then like he explains like some things that she sees on a regular basis Mm -hmm. which gave Elliot, like, some ideas of where she might be, and then he tracked her down to that school and found Ivy, and he's like, oh, my God, it's it's Audrey Rose. So that's pretty cool. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, there, Captain Horseshit, uh, we're going to go ahead and be on our way. But then the waiter comes down, and he's like, Mr. Templeton, you have a phone call. So he goes and takes the phone call, and Ivy is having, like, a, uh, what I would call a night terror. Like, she fell asleep. And she's having a terrible nightmare, so she jumps up and starts beating on the windows Mm -hmm. and yelling for mommy, which is, I I guess that just happens. Yeah. So they come back. He comes back. He's like, holy shit, we got a problem. We got to go right now. So they go hauling ass back to their their apartment, and then, uh, like, Elliot follows them, but not too far behind. Uh, They get up there, and Ivy is having a genuine shit fit. She's like... Running around her bedroom and beating on the windows. Ah, mommy, 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 mommy. And they're like, Ivy, Ivy, calm down, calm down. And then like five minutes later, up comes Elliot. And he's like, Audrey, Audrey Rose, Audrey Rose. And then that calms her down. And then she like lays down and goes back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, But while she's beating on the windows, her hands get burns on them. Yeah. Whoa. So once he gets her calmed down, then he goes on to finish his story. He tells him that uh, when Audrey Rose died, she was trapped in the car and she couldn't get out and the car caught on fire. So she basically burned to death and she was beating on the windows trying to get her mommy to wake up to let her out of the car. Mm-hmm. Very tragic and that kind of explains it. 
Uh, they're like, uh, okay, dude, well, uh, sorry about your, your loss there, but how about you go ahead and get the fuck out of here? He's like, uh, okay, well, that's what I'll do. So he takes off, and then he keeps calling after that for, like, the next couple of days. Hey, is Ivy okay? What's up with Ivy? Can I see her? Can I be around? What can, we, what can I do with Ivy? And they're like, dude, my daughter, uh, sorry about your family, but go ahead and fuck off. Now they're starting to get like a shakedown vibe from him. Like mm-hmm. he's going to try to hit him up for money or something like that. So uh, Mr. Templeton gets his attorney involved, who is a class A scumbag. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's just how you casted attorneys back then. They all yeah. had to look like scumbags. Yeah. So he's got like the slick back hair and he's like, ugh. Uh, meets him for dinner, tells him the story, and he's like, okay, well. Here's what we got to do. We got to get him uh, on record asking you for money or for something because then we can right. we can file charges. Mm-hmm. So invite him over to your house to talk about the, the Audrey Rose thing. Yeah. I'll be there hiding in the shadows Ooh. and then I'll make notes of everything and stuff. And he's like, okay. How does that make sense? <laughs> what exactly are we trying to accomplish here? <laughs> I mean, if you want to, like, put out a... Re- if, you, if it's really bothering you, get a restraining order, right? right? Yeah. What, what are we... What, are we going to... Pink Panther? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. But suddenly this became a very cloak and dagger operation for no fucking reason. Right. All right, so he comes over, and again, he brings him a bottle. He's a very nice guy, Elliot mm-hmm. Hoover. He brings him a bottle of wine. He's like, okay, so I think uh, what the deal is is that we just got to kind of come... Come to some common ground. I'm gonna. Ex- he tries to explain to them like the Indian uh, Maharishi and the, their thoughts on uh, reincarnation and all that shit. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, look, we just want you to leave us alone. So I appreciate that you think she's your daughter, and I'm sorry about your daughter. But really, what's it going to take to get you to fuck off? And he's like, well, I don't, in the midst of this, the uh, attorney is hiding like in a hallway. And Audrey Rose, who's been put to bed for the night, goes into one of her shit fits. Mm-hmm. Again, jumps up. This time, she kicks the shit out of her bedroom. Starts thrashing around, breaking stuff, smacking into things. Uh, running all around, the beating on the windows. Mommy, 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 mommy. Uh, again, Elliot runs up there and puts the, the Audrey Rose treatment on her and mm-hmm. calms her down. And this time, like... Uh, they're like, okay, well, maybe something is going on here. The mom is now convinced that there's more to what Elliot Hoover is saying mm-hmm. than just like some kind of a weird shakedown situation. Right. So she's like, ah, you know, we got a lot of problems here. We got to figure this out. So maybe we should hear what he has to say. And the dad's like, no, he's some kind of a weirdo. We got to get him out of here. We have to press charges if we have to, whatever. And uh, this is pretty weird. So this, while this is going on, like, the cops get called and all this stuff. The The parents go out of the the uh, apartment. Or, no, this is this is a different time, isn't it? Because there's, like, three times where he goes to the apartment. Yeah. So, actually, this, this is such a long, boring fucking movie <laughs> that the whole, the whole fucking thing is just, like, one big... He just keeps coming back to the apartment every time she has, like, one of these nightmare situations. Yeah. So this happens three or four fucking times. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, um, he gets there. Like, he's down in the lobby trying to buzz himself up while she's having the nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband, Mr. Templeton, is uh, out with some clients. And the mom is freaking out. So she just buzzes him up because she knows that Elliot can calm her down. 
So he goes running up there, calms her down. Again, she's broken up the bunch of fucking furniture in her uh, bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, as that's happening, Dad walks in. Uh, <laughs> this part was actually kind of funny. Dad tries to, like, strong-arm Elliot out of the apartment, mm-hmm. but Elliot puts a pretty good ass-whipping on Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He puts like does, like, a judo throw on him in the hallway and then, like, chokes him out for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because Anthony Hopkins is very unassuming. He's, like, a little guy. Yeah. And uh, John Beck looked like he played uh, for the Rams or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, now, like, all the neighbors are coming out and seeing this big scene. After uh, Hoover kicks Dad's ass, in the hallway he kicked like both the parents are out in the hallway he runs in there and locks the door locking himself in their apartment Mm -hmm. uh with audrey rose now now the cops get called they go up there and they're like hey let us in let us in they get the building superintendent up with a master key he opens it up and well actually he gets there he's about to open it up but they have that little chain yeah, security chain. Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna stop anybody. Oh well, I guess that's oh, it. Oh shit! There's a quarter of inch of uh, chain here. Somebody's wallet chain. I just can't get in anymore. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Turn around, go home. But the even dumber part is they're like, oh, there's a there's a service entrance, and then they go right around the corner into another door that they could have went just... into the first the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you or just la- push the door open. You lazy fucking writers. <laughs> <laughs> But that uh, is convenient because not only can, could they have just walked in the whole time, but Elliot walked right out with Audrey or Ivy, and that was that. Mm-hmm. So that's when we find out that Elliot actually was renting his own apartment in the very same building up on the eighth floor. They go running up there with the police. Uh, Elliot's like, uh, what, can I help you? And they're like, hey, do you have this guy's daughter? And he's like, nope, I have my daughter, and uh, you guys can fuck off. And they're like, well, I'm pretty sure. Can we come in and check on your, make sure we got the right daughter here? And he's like, uh, nope. And then they're like, we're going to kick the door in. So he opens the door and then he goes in and it's, of course, Ivy. And they arrest uh, Elliot for kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, we are going to jump right into legal drama for the next hour in 25 yeah. minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. Motherfuck. So now Elliot is being brought up on charges. Uh, he has uh, gone to trial. He's got an attorney. Um and uh, the prosecutor is there. Did you recognize the prosecutor? No. That was Higgins from Magnum P.I. Oh, wow. Yeah, you believe that? <laughs> That's, that explains the mustache. Yep. That, <laughs> that helps out a little bit. Uh, and from here, it's just all this fucking legal drama. But um, at one point, like, the so <clears throat> I guess we're going to fast forward at least a couple of months because uh, Ivy is now in, like, a private boarding school i mm-hmm. think uh like a catholic situation and uh they got some weird things they do at this catholic school um they i guess like to light a snowman on fire once a year yeah. i'm not sure what the point of that was Mm-mm. um but the nightmares have gotten have lessened mm-hmm. a little bit which is good but she still has them every now and then um elliot has been in jail i think the whole time and mom is kind of freaking out because she was pretty well sold on the reincarnation idea before all of this shit went down. Right. Dad, on the other hand, has taken a hardline negative approach. And he's like, nope, he's going to jail. Fuck him. Uh, there's, I don't care about reincarnation. It's all bullshit. All right. So that's where we're at. 
so the the defense brings in the Maharishi, mm-hmm. and he testifies to you know the possibility of reincarnation and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, the defense brings in like some psychoanalysts, and at the end, the the defense is sort of winning the case because there's been some compelling arguments as to like maybe the, the possibility that she might be the reincarnation of Audrey Rose. But I don't know what we're getting at here. Is does Elliot Hoover want custody? Because there's no fucking way that that's going to happen, right? Right. You can't take <clears throat> custody of another person's child. Based mm-hmm. on the possibility of reincarnation. Right. Or is he just... I guess he's just trying to beat the kidnapping rap. Mm-hmm. But either way, some, you can't be hanging around, dude. No. You know what I mean? So, oh, even if it, we... It's it, like stalking. Yeah. Even if we let you off, you have to promise to go fuck off somewhere. Right. But his whole argument before he got arrested was that um, that when he was alone with Mrs. Templeton, he's like... Uh, her soul wasn't ready to come back to this world. That's why she's having these nightmares. We have to send her back. So are we saying that he was arguing for her to kill her daughter to send the soul back? Because that's a bit that's a bit much. much. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> I appreciate that you lost your daughter, but I'm not going to kill mine. Yeah, you crazy person. I don't know. I don't know, man. There's a lot of gray area here, and I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. I don't out know there. if he was expecting a séance or uh, killing her. Or I don't know. That's what it kind of came across as to me. Yeah. He's like, her soul wasn't ready. She has to go back, and then she can come back when she's yeah. ready. Well, when my daughter's ready, so will your daughter. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can get the part that's your daughter out of my daughter, then that's fine. Yeah. But we're Alive. not going to kill my daughter. <laughs> yeah. You crazy asshole. Get out of here. <laughs> And tell her to stop breaking up the furniture too, for fuck's sake! <laughs> right. Uh, so, like, that's that's. A, there's a lot of weird plot holes and things in this movie that don't make sense, and this mm-hmm. is one of them. So, all right, I guess he's just trying to beat the rap. Uh, all these cross examinations and arguments. Eventually, the prosecution is like, "Okay, okay, okay. Look, here's how we're going to get to the bottom of this shit." Uh, I'm not saying that I think that she is the reincarnation of anybody, but what we can do is a little past life regression hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And the judge is like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ with this. Uh, (laughs) I mean... I you we, we've already brought the Maharishi up on the stand. Why not? Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's go yeah. ahead and do it. The defense is like, "Are you out of your mind? That's <laughs> yeah. that could be dangerous to the child, and uh, this is going to turn this whole proceeding into a real circus yeah. show." What kind of trial is this? We already had the Maharishi on the stand, mm-hmm. motherfuckers. This is like the the easy part right here. Mm-hmm. So they agree. Everybody agrees to the past life regression hypnosis thing. Uh, so they bring her in, they take her out of Catholic school. Uh, she has like a weird episode where they build the big snowman and then they light the snowman on fire and she just starts crawling into the fire, fire all of a sudden. And one of the nuns is leaning out the window going, get the child, get the child. Okay. There's a fucking, (laughs) yeah. which one? There's a fucking whole schoolyard full of children. Mm -hmm. Could you be a little more specific? Yeah. Come on, man. I know. She might as well just said, stop, yeah. wait, no, yeah. don't. But she's yelling, get the child, and all the other nuns down there on the, the snowman area are looking around going, well, I don't know, uh, I got this one. You got one? All right, we all got one. Did we yeah. get the right ones? No? Different ones. Okay. <laughs> Different ones? Okay, let's switch them around. <laughs> all right, so uh, 
I mean, it's getting kind of dangerous, I guess, because she's getting more and more into the uh, uh, Audrey, more and more Audrey Rose, less and less Ivy, and she's catching a lot of crap from the kids at school too, because this is all over the fucking newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a real pain in the dick. So here we go with the past life regression therapy. They bring in a hypnotist who I think mesmerizes people with his boring personality and monotone voice. Right. Which Bueller. Is, uh, Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> I found, found myself going into a trance. Yeah. Oh, shit. How old am I again? Wait, which birthday party? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so he puts her into a trance, takes her back to her fourth birthday party, uh, everything's pretty cool. Takes her back to a different birthday party. She's all sad because one of her toys got broken. Takes her back to before she was born, and she basically reenacts the car accident for a second. <clears throat> and while this while this whole experiment is going on, they've got the jury, uh, Elliot Hoover, and the parents in a side room, and they're like behind a two way mirror, so they're watching all this whole shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, she goes into one of her episodes, jumps up off the examining table and starts yelling for mommy and beating her hands like against the windows. Uh, he starts, Elliot jumps up and he starts yelling Audrey Rose through the glass, trying to calm her down, but she can't hear him because it's a soundproof, uh, chamber. Mm-hmm. So he takes his chair and smashes through the window, the, the two-way mirror. He's like, Audrey Rose, Audrey Rose. And then she collapses and she almost immediately, uh, dies. Yeah. Well, what the fuck happened there? Right. <laughs> what fucking assholes. So, uh, and then I guess after that, everybody kind of kisses and makes up, and they allow that. No, no kind of an inquiry as to the actual cause of death, mm-hmm. I guess, or no, nothing mentioned. Uh, like she just fainted and died. And died. And that was that. And yeah. then uh, Elliot, like, holds her body for a second and. Her soul wasn't ready to come back yet, so, you know, there you go, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're, all, we're all good now, except for her. She's not. She's dead. <laughs> uh, they, uh, The parents allow her to take a portion, allow Hoover to take a portion of her ashes back to India, and then they, uh, Hoover and Mrs. Templeton kind of stay in touch for a little while, and that's pretty much the end of your movie, man. What did you think of Audrey Rose, buddy? Oh, man. Terrible. Terrible. It's not a horror movie, man. It's more... uh, I could see this movie being a huge hit with like 70s housewives that want (laughs) to... I could see this on a Perry Mason show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Except it would only take a half hour. Right. Which would be much more agreeable (laughs) for me. I could do this in a half hour. Right. It's boring, man, is is my biggest problem. I'll be Mm -hmm. honest with you. I'd never seen this movie before. Yeah, me either. I've seen it pop up like at the VHS rental store in the horror section and thought, oh, that looks kind of cool, but it looks kind of like a knockoff uh, Exorcist. And uh, that's pretty much what it was, but not nearly as good. Not nearly as good. It's two hours. That's that's the breaking point right yeah. there. We got an hour of uh, family drama and an hour of legal drama and uh, like very little horror. Really, the only scary parts was when she was having a nightmare episode. Yeah, and even then, it's just a little girl like blindly hopping around her Throwing room. Throwing a temp- temper tantrum. Yeah, pretty much beating her hands against the window. Mm-hmm. There you have it, man. I want I want some explanations, this Monica. Is temper tantrum horror. Ooh, it's a whole new subgenre. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, we're in big trouble now. <laughs> Daphne didn't get her cocoa puffs this morning. Oh, oh no! no! <laughs> 
All right, goddammit. I say if you have... You've probably seen this one, Inmates. If you haven't, don't. You don't, don't need it. Two hours long, which is way too long. 70s pacing, boring as shit, more family and legal drama than horror. Get the fuck out of here, Audrey Rose. Let's take us a little break, buddy. We'll do some other stuff when we get back. Oh, yeah.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. Buddy, if I ever start in with some reincarnation nonsense, as my friend, it is your responsibility to slap me and tell me to shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And turn your microphone on also. Not necessarily in that order, though. First the microphone, then you can slap me and tell me to shut my mouth. And I'll probably thank you for it. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus, what was I thinking about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, you get, sometimes guys got to reel themselves in. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, uh, every now and then I, I go crazy and I think I want to be a ghost hunter. So I start looking at ghost hunting equipment on the internet. And then I see the price tag mm. and I'm like, oh, well, if I sell my Jeep. and then That's when somebody needs to slap me. And be like you're a jackass, or just borrow our friends, or that too, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't. He's got. I mean, I'm talking about like the real shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's got some stuff, but there's like real stuff out there, <laughs> yeah. That is like a cottage industry for some people. Ah, <laughs> uh, go ahead and slap me. I'm okay with that. I'll be. Oh, thanks. You're right. That you know what? You're right. That was stupid. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. a good thing you slapped me before I broke out the debit card <laughs> or started following my friend's kid home from school. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but the only downside of that is, is how would we know you spent it? Well, you're about that, to. I mean, you, if you're looking at it online and then you just pull out your true. wallet, I'm. I didn't even know you were about to do that purchase. See, that's why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I it's not do- like you call us up. Hey guys, I'm about to like pull out my wallet right now and spend it. What do you think? I have. <laughs> I have had some pretty nutsack ideas over the years. Remember <laughs> yeah. when we were going to start a secret society? Oh yeah, yeah. I started texting everybody at like five thirty in the morning. I'm like, dudes. We all got to go get tattoos. <laughs> and you and Monica were like, yes. Yeah, do let's it. do it. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're probably not the. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> God. Oh, it's stupid. All right, man. You ready to get into the Terra Dome? So that's not happening then? Oh, I mean, uh, I guess it's not really a secret society. You probably shouldn't talk about it on the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's Terra Dome time, you maniac. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. Welcome to the Terra Dome.
Mm-hmm. Started off with last week's winners in the Asylum Conference round five. We had Jigsaw versus the Invisible Man. Kramer didn't have to see Griffin to know the game was over. The billionaire had fallen into the trap baited by Cecilia herself. A quiet click of a spring-loaded release mechanism, a blade flying from across the room, followed by a whispered groan and a thump. Game over. With a vote of 6-4, to four, Jigsaw advances over the Invisible Man, buddy. Oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. I like the Invisible Man. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think I kind of like the original bit a little bit better than the new one. new one was good. Yeah. But the original Invisible Man was like a cackling maniac. You know what I mean? He was like yelling and screaming at people. Yeah. And if you're going to make an Invisible Man movie, you got to have the guy wrapped up in the ace bandages. Yes. You didn't get that in the new one. No. All right. Uh, there you have it, inmates. Jigsaw advances. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? Ooh. In the Asylum Conference, round six. The donation seemed like a blessing at first. The orphanage's younger children hadn't received any new toys in years, and the city's funding was drying up. Old toys from the 80s and 90s, mostly. The older kids were hoping for iPads and PlayStations. What they got instead were used G.I. Joes, Masters of the Universe, and a horribly worn-out good guy doll. Regardless, the younger younger children were elated. Then the murders began. Two teenagers caught mid-coitus, stabbed to death in a closet. A youth counselor beaten to death with a baseball bat, and after each killing, the good guy doll would appear with fresh bloodstains. Andy and Michael put the pieces together and decided to get rid of the doll and began searching through the donation lot. The doll isn't there, but something else catches their eye. A curious old box, ornately carved with a gold trim and a thumb catch that releases to play a soft musical tune and open a doorway. In singles competition, we have Pinhead versus Chucky, buddy. (laughs) Well, clearly you're taking Chucky. (laughs) What do you think, man? No, Pinhead. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. I'm taking Pinhead also. If you're not, you probably should. And I'm not going to make an argument for Pinhead, because if I do, then everybody's going to take Chucky just to piss me off, because that's what everybody seems to do all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say... Pinhead versus Chucky. Me and Buddy think Pinhead. There you have it. That's your Terradome matchup for the weekend, mates. Uh, get us your votes by next week, if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or get us on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Or if you uh, need some relationship advice, or if you have any thoughts on reincarnation, or if you want to defend Audrey Rose as a horror movie, we'd love to hear that. I can't wait to get Monica's ass back in here. Tell her why she... Ask her why she picked this fucking movie. Right. Uh, Or anything else you want to talk about. Chime in on immersion therapy. We're here for you. The Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com or the Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. In the meantime, we have to tell you which movies we got to watch this week in a little segment we like to call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Buddy, have you ever heard of Pledge Night from 1988? 
Sounds familiar. It is ridiculous. It uh, pretty much goes without saying that it's a fraternity hazing uh, night, mm-hmm. and naturally people start getting killed off. Um, basically, it's the lead singer from Anthrax plays the main villain, and he body hops uh, throughout the, the fraternity brothers as a vengeful ghost demon oh. and uh, kills off the new pledges. Hmm. Which is interesting. It's it's ridiculous. It's okay. a ridiculous fucking movie. It's streaming on Shutter right now. If you want right. to check it out, um, <laughs> it's fucking dumb. Re- no, so it's ridiculously bad. It's good. it's pretty bad. Yeah, okay. it's very nineteen eighties. Uh, uh. So like, he was a victim of a hazing gone gone wrong during the sixties. Oh. So he's like a hippie. Yeah. And so like every time he pops out of one of the frat boys' bodies, he's always like, Peace, oh. peace and love, brother. And then he jumps into another one and not more nonsense oh, happens. There's plenty of boobs in there though, so you got oh, that okay. going for you. <laughs> uh I watched that and I also watched The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane from nineteen seventy six. Have hmm. you seen that one? Thirteen uh-uh. year old Jodie Foster. Oh wow. And she gets naked in this movie. Whoa. Which is a little creepy. That is creepy. And she she doesn't... Um, there's not exactly a sex scene, but there is an implied sexual encounter, which is even creepier. Yeah. It's basically this little, this 13-year-old girl whose father dies, but she... Before he died, he, like, um, set her up. Hmm. Like, she's got all the money she needs. She rent, He rented her a place uh, until she turns 18, and so basically, she just has to convince everybody around her that her father is still alive, so they'll leave her the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of her hopping from one foot to the next, trying to, oh, he's in New York, he'll be back in a couple of days. Oh, he's upstairs, he's asleep. Stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, Martin Sheen shows up, and he's kind of a, a pedophile, and he's like, hey, uh, coming in there, I'm going to grab your ass. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Naturally, some killing ensues. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a pretty wild movie, man. And uh, yay or nay? I'll say it's a good show. I'll wow. say it's a good show. It's a very off-putting when she gets naked, though, because yeah. she is clearly not of age. And I never found Jodie Foster attractive in the no. least bit. Oh, I was just wondering. I wonder if she was, if she, how old she was. I just Be- looked it up on IMDb. She oh. was actually thirteen. At the oh, film. damn. Yeah. Okay. And you get to see the whole show because you know she wasn't. It's not like she was very voluptuous anyway. No, so if she was eighteen. She probably would have looked thirteen. But no. since you looked it up, no. she was thirteen, and yeah. she gets completely naked and hops into bed with another dude, mm. and it is weird, man. Wow. Be it's, warned. Yeah, and it's <laughs> even weirder when Martin Sheen shows up because he's like grabbing on her and stuff. Wow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a good show to watch once. Don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. <laughs> right. It ends very abruptly, too, because, like, all of a sudden, like, something happens, and you're like, whoa, how's she going to get out of that? And then all this just credits roll, and that's it. Your parents showed up. Well, she didn't have any, so oh. there's that. That's all I'm looking at, dude. Those are both streaming on Shutter, by the way, if you want to check them out. All right. Uh, what do you got? I saw Black Widow. Oh, the new Black Widow. Yeah, How's that actually that? wasn't bad. It was comical. There was definitely a lot of comedy in it. Nice. Um, a lot of action, of course. Very cool. Um, one, one of those you could probably watch once and be you know fine with it. Right. it. It reminds me it's like a side Avenger movie. So okay. um, it doesn't have all the Avengers in it. It's mostly just her and her family. That's all. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah, that's it. That's all you got? That's all I got. Right on, dude. How about some immersion therapy? Mm-hmm. 
Immersion therapy. How awesome is Willy's Wonderland? <clears throat> love it. Love it, right? Yes. I love that movie. <laughs> My kids have made me watch it at least 45 times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nicolas Cage doesn't say a word. No. Uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fucking pinball scene, man. That's the best. Banging it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's streaming on Hulu right now. I watched it on Amazon Prime like three months ago. Immediately went out and bought the Blu-ray. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, inmates, Hulu, check it out. Yes. Um, there was some talk about them, uh, it, like they, the creators of Five Nights at Freddy's was going to sue them because there was supposed to be a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, but they pushed this one out before it, so it kind of fucked them up. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I'll still check out a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah. Just to see what it's not. I guarantee you it's going to be disappointing next to Willy's Wonderland. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, man, a few words. Doesn't say a word. Yeah. The whole fucking movie. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm tempted to check out that prequel comic book just oh, yeah. to see what's uh, what's really going on. There, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The only thing I, I wasn't too sure of is like, how the hell did he know what was going on? Like, what's the backstory on this? Yeah. I don't think he knew. Well, well I mean, we can't say for sure. He, he knew what was going you on. You think he so? Was there, yeah. He was there for a purpose. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, he agreed to everything rather yeah. easily. And, and he wasn't scared of any of it. No. Just like, you know, and, and also every time he killed one of them. He was looking right at Willie. <laughs> was he really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. And did you catch the blooper at the beginning of the movie? No. They're, the very first scene where he uh, uh, goes in the fridge and they do that upshot at his face. Yeah. And he you know, does the whole can thing. He actually had the duct tape before he got scratched. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm thinking seriously about being the janitor for Halloween. I know. To our buddy's uh, Halloween party. Mm-hmm. Problem is, my wife and I always do a couple's thing. So. Yeah. I know she's not going to dress up as Willie, so put right. that right out of your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that fairy chick that yeah, climbs yeah, with the, the jaws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, maybe that's kind of hot, actually. Mm-hmm. Might enjoy that. Uh, right on, man. Uh, check it out. It's on Hulu. What do you got for us this week, buddy? All right, this week let's check out 2021's Fear Street Part One, 1994. <laughs> it's about a circle of teenage friends that accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Ooh. Welcome to Shady Side, and you'll find this gem on Netflix. Right on. I've been meaning to check that one out too. Mm-hmm. Check it out, inmates. We'll do the same and compare notes next week. Oh, but yeah. now, we got to educate, I guess, me. You. Educating Miss Monica. Clues from last week. (laughs) Who might I be? I am a tour guide uh, taking you through a historic part of the Northeast uh, in like a weird true true crime kind of a horror thing. And I've got a screaming hot uh, Wiccan, an even hotter goth chick, a couple of historians, and uh, me. I'm I'm a a little. I got might have a screw loose or two myself. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, all my camera shit got wrecked. I think we had a great big orgy and all the historians' papers got thrown up in the air. And we might have killed a few people too. So just have to go back to my place and sort the whole shit out, I guess. I am, of course, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch the uh, the S-River thing? Uh-uh. So, like, if you... I had the VHS copy. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube now. But uh, if you got a VHS copy, like Tom Hardy alluded to, at the end, there was something called The Secret of S-River, or Reverse, Backwards. Mm-hmm. And basically, it would... There were certain scenes in the movie that contained certain hidden messages, and if you put them all together, you'd get like a, a message from the Blair Witch. Oh. It was very involved, hmm. and it it occupied quite a bit of my time fast-forwarding and rewinding. And oh, yeah. What is that? What does that fucking thing say? I only found one part of it. Uh, that part when they hook up with the goth chick in the cemetery. Uh-huh. She's laying down on like a sarcophagus and she's looking up at Jeffrey Donovan. And the first time she looks up at him, the tombstone says one thing because like he's crouched over a tombstone. And then it pans back to her and then she looks up again and it says something completely different. Oh. And that's it. That's all I remember really. But oh, okay. you, can, you can check out the whole thing on YouTube if you want to know what the hell I'm talking about. All right. Uh, who might I be this week, you ask? All right, so uh, I've got some some lady issues, you could say that. I was raised by an overbearing mother, and uh, she was a bit of a pain in the ass, and I'm not exactly, quote-unquote, socially acceptable, so to speak. Uh, But once she died, I kind of came out of my shell a little bit and started, uh, you know, getting out there, making some new friends, going to the roller discos and things like that. Uh, Still not having any luck with the ladies, though. I guess I'll just have to use my flamethrower in this weird flame-proof uh, room I built into the bottom of my mom's old house. Yeah. Hmm. This is another deep dive. And it's... Uh, it's uh, I'll say it's uh, it fits into this month's theme, if you understand what I'm saying. All right. There's that, inmates. Uh, let me know if you think you know who I am. I'm not even sure if I know who I am. <laughs> uh, I know it is a movie, and I, I'm pretty sure I know what the name is. Uh, in the meantime, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps our visibility out quite a bit. Join us next week for Witch Hammer from 1970. Hopefully a real horror movie. Uh, in the meantime, we have... Uh, uh, Patreon campaign running. You can find that at paddedroompodcast.com along with any information you need to know about us or any of our affiliate programs. And uh, that being said, I think that's about going to do us for the week. Buddy, unless you got anything else? No. For Buddy, Miss Monica and Absentia, Witch Hammers, Reincarnation, Real or Not, uh, Flamethrowers, and Rapists that use them. Mustaches. Mustaches. Tight. Night, early 80s mustaches. Yeah. Late 70s, early 80s. That was the tip of the mustache mm-hmm. game right there. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Willie and his magical wonderland. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Bye and have a great week.